Welcome to another episode of the Life Adventurous Podcast. I'm Jenny Hollow, your host, and we are in an amazing series, the Chakra Series. And, you know, at the base of your body is your tailbone, and that's where your root chakra lies. And today we are getting into the root chakra with another one of our guests who is going to give her perspective. And you guys are really going to love this. And I can't wait to introduce you to Tiffany Toombs. She is an expert on the unconscious mind, getting into your personal potential. She is an international speaker. She's also written a book called Stop Being a Selfish Bitch. Hello, love that. And you guys, we're gonna talk about money. We're gonna talk about limiting beliefs. We're gonna talk about everything with that root chakra so you can be balanced and ready to go and kick it for this year. So Tiffany, welcome to the show. Tell a little bit about your story, a little bit about who you are. And then, of course, we have to add in like something fun, something fun about you guys. Cool. Thanks for having me, Jenny. So I know the root chakra well because mine was unbalanced for so long in my life. That was that was like the primary chakra that was out of whack for me. So I'm an NLP and hypnosis coach and trainer, and I specialize in helping people overcome the limiting beliefs doubt, fear, all of that stuff that ultimately leads to self-sabotage and imposter syndrome. So for me, my, my story is really one of overcoming. I was abused by my stepmom growing up. That led to beliefs around not being worthy, not being good enough, led to eating disorders. And as you can imagine, dysfunctional relationships in every area of my life. Um, and all of that kind of came to a head. I was living in Australia. I'm from Canada originally, was living in Australia And the partner that I had for three years on the day that I found out I was pregnant was the day I found out he had a girlfriend in Mm. another state. Uh, Turns out he was a compulsive liar and had lied to me about most of the things that I thought were true in our three years together. Mm. And all of that led to a miscarriage. And then I was suicidal for a period of time. So that kind of led me to realizing that I had to make change really started to understand the chakras through my healing journey and understanding that the root chakra, my like foundation was so out of whack that it put everything else out of whack. And so I spent a couple of years healing myself and now I get the pleasure of helping other people do the same. Awesome. Something fun about me. I've lived in three different countries in the past four years. Ooh. All right. So Australia, is that one of them? Australia, Canada, and now the U.S. Oh, my God. Awesome. Way to go. Yeah. Sweet. I love that. Okay, so let's get in because I I can tell that this is going to be jam-packed with all kinds of stuff. So before we kicked off, we were talking a little bit, and I want to start with this, is is talking a lot about like the energies that have been happening in the world, in the United States, because this is where we both are located, but I know that there's lots of energies going on in the world, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of fear, a lot of frustration, Mm -hmm. anger, et cetera. And so I'd like to talk a little bit about that and, you know, how it ties into the root chakra, because I feel that at least for our life, Mm -hmm. we, when we look at different events in the world, like we choose to look at them through a different lens instead of the lens of fear, because it can be easy to look at stuff going on right now and be like, oh my God, the world's falling apart. But that's Mm -hmm. like very draining. So just want to like start a little bit about that and hear your perspective 
about what the root chakra means and especially tying it into like all of this negative energy that's in the world that has always been in the world, honestly, but it's like Mm -hmm. so heightened right now. Yeah. So we, when the lockdown started happening last year, I think it really started with like the U.S. borders becoming closed to international flights and then the NBA canceled for the season. That was really like, there were some interesting conversations that started happening right around that time. And like almost immediately within 24 hours, there was talk of like economic collapse. Like everybody just started talking about economic recession. It's going to be worse than the Great Depression. And when that is the rhetoric that you're getting hit with all the time and you can't escape it, it was all over social media. It was all over TV. Then, and you know, then we're, we're put in isolation where our whole routines have changed. Like all of a sudden we're not going to work. We're not connecting with people, which whether people realize it or not, like biologically in the body, connecting with people, that eye contact, handshakes, hugs, you know, pats on the back, whatever it is, high fives, whatever it is that you do with your coworkers and and your family, that actually stops the stress the stress hormones from being pumped through our body. It gives us a temporary reprieve. And so we didn't have those opportunities anymore. And then we're being hit with all these fear-mongering messages, right? Where we're told that somebody who looks perfectly healthy next to you at the supermarket, even if they don't sneeze, even if they don't cough, if they just breathe in your direction, they could kill you now, right? And so we're getting all of these messages and our most primal fear is this need to survive, right? Our most primal fear is a fear of death and pain. And so one of the number one belief systems that I work with people on is this belief of I'm not safe. And so, and this, this really comes back to that root chakra. If we don't feel safe, we don't have a foundation or a base to build anything else. So for almost 12 months now, we've been being hit with, okay, well, the economy is going to collapse this month. Okay. Now it's going to collapse or, you know, talking about how this debt is going to be our great, great, great grandchildren will be repaying off this debt and talking about unsustainability. So as soon as it happened, being an NLP practitioner, I said to my husband, we are not going to buy into this rhetoric and we're not, we're going to very intentionally choose our language, right? The next day I got emails from people, you know, saying chaotic times, crisis is coming. Like, are you, is your business prepared? And I was like, we're not doing that. Because we know that within every economic collapse, there's always opportunity, right? Uber, Uber Eats, like all of all of these multi-million dollar companies, Airbnb, they were all created during a depression of some sort. And so there's always opportunity. And it's whether or not we're willing to create that foundation and recognize that we can choose to feel safety wherever we want. And it's up to us to, to find it and then to build upon that. And so for me, really the last 12 months has been about helping people tap into figuring out what are the limiting beliefs that cause this scarcity mindset? What are the limiting beliefs that cause them to go into this fear-based patterning and start to rise out of it so that they don't have to buy into, into this mass like hysteria? Because ultimately, Uh, And I said to my husband, what causes an economy to collapse is everybody thinking that the economy is going to collapse and they start hoarding their money. If people keep spending money, then the economy keeps going. And so when you understand that, then you can play your role 
in continuing to help the economy going. But if everybody's all of a sudden clutching at their purse strings and nobody's spending money, well, then that's when the economy collapses. And so I think we have a responsibility, knowing what we know, to educate people about that. So if someone has, you know, is listening to this right now, and they have spent the majority of 2020 in a place of fear, because Mm -hmm. I also feel like that sometimes when we buy into a story, it becomes our life. And then to shatter that reality can be very scary, right? Because it's going to change everything that you thought was maybe true about your situation. And so if someone has been spending their time in fear for this amount of time, and then as we know too, or if you don't know, and you've learned from NLP is that emotions can anchor in different experiences. So the more heightened your emotion, the more that something can get anchored into you and into your life and into your experience. So you, you've got, like you said, the fear mongering, the, the heightened emotions, which then anchors this story or this reality or this, uh, you know, I'm, I'm throwing up air quotes, these, this truth. So if someone's sitting there and they're like, wait, hold on, there's another way to do this. But I would think that story is going to be a big part of who they are or so they think. So how can yeah. they start like unwinding that and stepping into a new reality so that they can balance the root chakra so they can get back into the flow and see the yeah. opportunities that are around? Yeah. And I mean, we are programmed to stay the same. So and and this is why there was so much like name calling and fighting on social media and like families being torn apart because of differences in opinion. I know for me, I'm not saying, you know, that there isn't a pandemic happening. I'm not saying that there's not a virus that we need to pay attention to. What I'm saying is, is the response that we're getting normal? Like why all of a sudden this response, right? And so I'm just somebody who likes to ask questions. And when things don't feel right, I'll just ask questions. And I know even for me, just asking a question, I i mean, my family was like, oh, you're no better than an animal and you're so selfish. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm just asking a question. I'm not saying I won't wear a mask. I'm just asking a question, right? And so firstly, understand that your beliefs aren't going to change overnight and that there's a process to it. And if you attempt to run before you walk or before you crawl, you can actually really burn yourself out because asking these questions, especially if you've long held on to a belief, it can almost cause like an identity crisis within you that causes you to not know which way is up. And I know a lot of people at whatever point that they've kind of started to open their eyes and start asking questions over the last couple years have had this, like, I feel like I'm spiraling out of control and it can actually cause the fear and the imbalance in the root chakra to become even less safe. Right. So remembering that we've, we've been programmed for a really long time, that the government knows what's best for us, that the news would never lie to us that, you know, now we're starting to see like, is there other agendas at play or do they actually know what's best for me and my family when my situation is different to my neighbor's situation, which is different to people living in a different state, right? Or people who are in a different age category with different health conditions. So recognizing that this programming that we have, it's all going to be challenged when you start asking questions about this one situation. And so you don't need to figure it all out in one day and just give yourself grace, give yourself some space to ask the question and then just sit have some silence and solitude and just ask, 
you know, how does this feel for me? What, what is my truth about this situation? And to always like, I'm a big believer in always coming back to gratitude and recognizing what you do have. Right. So I, I recognize some people did lose jobs or some people's businesses did close and they were financially impacted. And I'm not, you know, that that's terrible each and every one of those businesses that had to close and lives lost. And so coming back to the gratitude of what you do have will actually raise your vibration so that you can create more of that. But if you close yourself off and you get stuck in all the things that you lost or all the things that you don't have or all the negative side of things, what you're doing is you're programming what we call the reticular activating system of the brain, which is like your filtering system. You're creating blinders in your life to only see the negative. Whereas when you start focusing on what you're grateful for, then you open up those blinders to see more things to be grateful for. So recognize that it's going to be uncomfortable. Come back to your breath whenever you're feeling that discomfort, right? Remind yourself that you are safe, that you know, our, the fear center of our brain responds to real and perceived threats. And so that's why when we start breaking these belief systems apart, we start to feel like our life is being threatened because that's a perceived threat. So come back to your breath, take it little by little and, you know, just ask one or two questions a day and give yourself that space to, to really figure out the answer and to figure out your truth. And then the other thing that I hear from people is kind of this guilt and shame. Like, how could I not know? How could I not figure this out sooner? How, you know, how could I have been so blind? Practice forgiveness with yourself as well, because you didn't know, Mm -hmm. right? You can't, you can't be angry at yourself or judge yourself for something that you didn't know when you didn't know it would, it would be like looking at your infant self that was just newborn and be like, how could you not know how to walk? Right. <laughs> right. You, you wouldn't do that. So in this case, it's the same thing. Just give yourself that grace and, and practice that self-forgiveness for not knowing what you didn't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, even thinking with what you're taught, what we're talking about here is, you know, we, we relate it into current events, which I feel like is like in all of our faces, mm-hmm. no matter where, where you stand in in any of your mindset, right. It's like, it's like everything's bubbled up. But I want to just kind of put a pin in that and also bring awareness to this can also, this questioning, this curiosity can also bubble over into other aspects of our life. There's a mentor I've been really attracted to and learning a lot from, and it's Vishen Lakiani. He's the creator of Mind Valley, and he talks about rules, which are bullshit rules, which really anything and everything in our life, we can question and see like, why do we do it this way? Even just something simple, like I'm thinking about something simple that we've talked about in our business. Like, do I have to eat eggs for breakfast because it's a breakfast food? Who made the rule that eggs are for breakfast? Right? Like I could eat steak for breakfast. I could eat anything for breakfast. It's food that nourishes my body. So that's Mm -hmm. like a a simple example, but also just maybe how you uh, react to something or how you think about something and even just transitioning a little bit into money mindset. You know, maybe Mm -hmm. certain rules that you have picked up from society or family or friends or media or whatever, that it would be really good to question. So, I mean, just use ambitions words. And of course, if you have words for it too, pop it in. But what are some rules that you feel like come up around money mindset? I mean, there are so many rules <laughs> that come up with money, you know, that you have to work hard to get it. And I had an interesting conversation. I was doing a corporate training last week and we talked about this where some people see hard work consciously they see it as like a good trait and, a right? badge and of honor. I, 
Yep. Yeah, I come from this, you know, blue collar, lower middle class family where being a hard worker was a good thing. But it's not so much about the hard work, it's about the work ethic, right? That you have a good work ethic. And so what we need to realize is that when even if consciously we're like, oh, being a hard worker is a good thing, what is that suggesting to the unconscious mind? Well, now it has to be hard. So then we only see opportunities to make money that's hard. So my family who still holds on to those beliefs, they're like, wait, you do what? And people pay you how much? Like, are you in some sort of pyramid scheme thing? Mm -hmm. Like, and yeah. they, they just don't get it because it it's not in alignment for them. They don't see something as rewarding or something that you're passionate about as being something that you can make good money from rules around. I'll be judged if I make money or I'll be evil. I'll be greedy. You know, only evil, greedy, selfish people make money. There's been like a lot of attack in the last, I mean, I'm probably sure it's been happening longer than 12 months. It's just been very obvious in the last 12 months around how wealthy people are greedy. Now are some wealthy people greedy? Absolutely. And are there wealthy people who do good things with their money? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. In fact, I would argue that I would rather the money be in the hands of a wealthy person who's charitable than the government who, you know, has other factors that determine where the money goes. Mm -hmm. Right. So money is ultimately just a tool. And when we start to recognize that money is just an exchange of energy, then we can start to break out of these rules around what we can charge. When my dad first asked me how much I charge for certain courses and one-on-one and -on -one time, he was like, so you're making $500 an hour. And I'm like, I'm not charging per hour. I'm charging based on the results that I can get people. And that's what people are paying me for. They're paying me because they know that getting rid of their anxiety or overcoming panic attacks or being able to have the confidence to grow their business or whatever it is, is worth that amount of money. And so there's this old school mentality, especially when it comes to business that, you know, people look at, oh, well, I'm making this an hour and it's unrealistic to think that I could make $10,000 an hour. My my dad asked me, you know, what do you charge for a corporate training? And I said, well, ten thousand dollars for a two to three hour presentation. And he was like, so you're making like, you know, a couple thousand dollars an hour. And I said, that's not, but that's not what they're paying me for. They're paying me for my expertise. They're paying me for all my prep time. They're paying me for the years worth of study and knowledge that I bring to the table. Right? We're moving into the information age, where you're not getting paid per hour anymore, you're getting paid. And so that that's a huge rule, right? That I have mm -hmm. to get paid per hour that, you know, there, there are so many rules. I mean, we could probably talk for hours just <laughs> right. around the rules around well, the money. One, the one you just brought up, I just wanted to kind of ask like a little insert, a little question here is, you know, do you feel like it's worth it? And I don't know if that's the right word for it, but do you feel like it makes sense to share some of those fees and stuff with family, friends, people, you know, that, that are in your circle who may not have the same money beliefs that you do and, or, you know, where does it make sense to share? Because if you're not fully grounded, I would think in your root chakra that some of those words can come back and, and knock you a little bit off course versus mm -hmm. just being like, oh, it's just a conversation. So I'm thinking like the emotional attachment to the beliefs that maybe like I'm thinking my parents, right? Little mm -hmm. comments that they've said that have been similar that at one time knocked me off my course because I was like, whoa, am I doing something wrong? What's wrong with me, right? And tapped into some of the other rules that we believe in quotes 
So anyways, I'm just curious, like, where do you feel like if there is a line that it's worth it to actually talk about it or where, how do you get more grounded? So if you do talk about it, you're not emotionally attached to what the other person is saying. Yeah. So the biggest rule in my family around money, other than working hard for it is that we don't need it. That has been a huge belief of my family to this day. They still say it Mm -hmm. right And then, and yet when they're short on cash to pay their bills or for groceries or whatever, then they, they realize that we absolutely definitely need money. We live in an, in a world where you need money to pay for your car and to pay for your phone and to pay for your house. So we do need money. And for me, money is just an opportunity to have experiences with people. So my ultimate goal is to make this information that we're talking about now so mainstream that my family is kind of forced to look at things differently. So I think when you're still beginning, when you haven't fully dealt with your own limiting beliefs, your own fears, your own money stuff, don't share it. It's it's not needed. And it took me a long time to share. And even now I don't share all the aspects with my family, right? And I've done a lot of work on being okay with whatever judgment they have for me based on the money that I make. And so if you're still like kind of faltering in yourself or you haven't fully accepted your own worth, then don't have those conversations. I will have just little conversations or answer questions when they ask just to start like shifting and showing them what is possible Mm -hmm. without like, you know, if I was to talk about what I make in a year, then like that would just be too much for them. Right. Coming back to like those breaking apart, limiting beliefs and challenging stories. They just, that, that would just push them to the brink Mm -hmm. and it would be too uncomfortable of a conversation to have. However, if I can talk in small doses about like, this is what I charge for a corporate training, or this is what this program costs me, then that person, you know, then they start to open up a little bit more and it, and it has worked. The strategy I've used has worked because my, my mom has started asking, you know, like, Oh, tell me, tell me a little bit more about this. Or, you know, do you think you could help us get started in real estate investing or something like that? So that, you know, it's, it's starting to turn the wheels of like, Oh, well, this is possible. Now. The cool thing about our unconscious mind is it doesn't know the difference between you and me. This is why we love underdog stories because when they, you know, when Rocky gets knocked out and then he gets back up and, and goes and fights again or, or whatever, then it tells our unconscious mind that we can overcome whatever it is that we're facing. And so I share just those little pieces for them to start seeing like, oh, well, if my daughter can, then, then I can. Mm-hmm. Right. No. And it, and you know, one of the things that I was thinking, right. And is this is what's been fun about this journey of having these, you know, interviews with different people with the different chakras. This chakra is such a grounded chakra. I don't feel as floaty in this conversation. It's like very concrete. Here's what's going Mm -hmm. on, right? So I'm curious if there is any, if you've noticed or you've, you know, worked with where there are any like energetic signs, you know, like when you are out of balance, right? Because, you know, we can say very concrete, like, you know, the money isn't flowing or, you know, when you feel anxious or whatever. I'm just curious if there's any other like energy aspect to this where someone could tune into their body and notice that it's out of balance for the root chakra. I think anytime you start feeling like that anxiety or that dread, it's likely linked somehow to your root chakra being out and then paying attention 
you know, energetically to, to what is coming into your space, right? Because ultimately every belief, every limiting belief is somehow linked back to an, I'm not safe, right? Mm -hmm. Rejection is safety in numbers. If I'm rejected from my tribe, I have less chance of survival and whatnot. So if you're, you know, attracting people who could reject you, or you're attracting people who are talking negatively about money or who are in scarcity and that kind of thing, then, then pay attention to that because that that's energetically a sign that you're not as balanced as you thought you were. And interesting, you should bring this up. I, when I lived in Australia, I was part of a very spiritual yoga community. And I thought at the time that I was doing the work to, to balance my chakras and to be healed. Right. I was, you know, hanging out, doing yoga all the time, meditating. We were talking about abundance and we had all the crystals in the world and, you know, we would go skinny dipping in the full moon and all of this stuff. And yet, even though we were talking about abundance, whenever somebody started talking about charging money for something within that community, everybody else was up in arms. And I remember, so it was an acro yoga community Mm -hmm. and every Saturday or Sunday, whatever day it was, we would have these jams in the park where people could just show up and do acro yoga. And if you've never heard of acro yoga, it's like two people doing yoga together where you're like balancing on somebody else's feet. So there's a little bit of skill involved Mm -hmm. and and major strength. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so before I had started doing acro yoga, I was so intimidated to go to these jams because I didn't know anything. And I actually started with a class and then the instructor of the class invited me out to a jam. And once I had confidence then I showed up, but I had friends that I was trying to invite down and they were like, I'm not going to come. I don't know how to do any of this. And I'm going to be like this total newbie freak. Right. And people are going to reject me because of this. And so one of the, one of the people said, you know, I'm going to, before the jams, I'm going to hold like a mini lesson, just like, and people can donate whatever they want. There's not going to be a set fee, but people, people could donate a hug to me. Like he was like, I just, I want there to be some exchange of energy for me teaching them. And there, I, I, this is no, no lie, no stretch. There was a messenger group started to talk about how this person could not hold a class in the park, in a public park, because it went against everything that the community was about. Hmm. And all of a sudden this person was selling out and was all about Lambos. And and I'm like, he's literally said, (laughs) you can donate $5. You can donate a hug. You could donate an apple. Like it's not about the money for him. It was just that energy exchange. And that it was that conversation, that messenger group that really caused me to realize that I wasn't actually as in alignment as what I thought I was. And so I think for a lot of people, they think, that doing the spiritual work, right? Having the conversations about chakras or doing meditations or doing yoga automatically leads to alignment and balancing out of the chakras. But the people that you're attracting, the people who are in your community and the conversations that are being had are a far greater milestone or measuring stick of where your balance actually is than the actual activities that you're engaging in. Yeah, that I mean, that was a perfect example that I think helped really bring this home because it's like taking that, that mirror, you know, it's like your life and everything happening in your life is mirroring back to you what's happening inside your brain. What are the things you're saying to yourself? What are the things you're saying to other people? What are your beliefs? Because mm-hmm. everything that's happening in your life is a direct 
response to what has already gone on. And I don't know if there's any science behind it, but in the X amount of weeks or months prior, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Do you know, is there any science around like how many days leading up, you know? I mean, I've loosely heard 90, but I don't know that there's been any studies done on it. Got it. Just curious. It just came out. I'm like, I wonder, but yeah, I mean like, you know, you can be mad about something happening right now, but each day you have the opportunity to change it. So if someone is like ready to change or like, all right, I'm ready for more abundance, more flow. You know, I really want to balance the chakra. Like what can they do to get that money flowing? How can they maybe surpass and blow through any like uh, ceilings or limiting beliefs, even if they've made, let's say they've made $200,000, right? Yeah. That's a lot of money to some, but maybe they're ready to break through that ceiling. So Mm -hmm. how can, how can they start getting that moving and start making that cash? Well, it's not about that all the time, but. Yeah. So I would say the first place to start is really start paying attention to the language that you use. So Mm -hmm. both when you're communicating with yourself through your thoughts and then when you're talking to other people, because that's the greatest indicator of, of what you're creating. What Mm -hmm. happens is when we say something, we put a picture into the unconscious mind and the unconscious mind finds the shortest, fastest route there. So one major thing that I realized recently was So I knew that money doesn't go where it's needed. It goes where it's attracted and money can only go where there's space for it. Right. So just like in March or April, when it's spring, if you want a brand new wardrobe, but your closet is full of winter clothes, you're, there's going to be nowhere to put it, right. You have to create space for it first. And so we have to create space for money to come in. So look at your language. Are you talking about how busy you are? Are you talking about how you have so much to do? Are you talking about like your clients or your business or even your job? Are you talking about that in a negative, like lower vibrational sense? If you're already talking about how busy you are or how much stuff you have to do, money is not going to come flowing to you in the form of new clients or new business opportunities because you're already complaining about what you have to do. You don't have, you've shut the door. You've said, I'm sorry, we're too busy. We're closed. We can't handle anymore. And so when you start to become aware of this, you can start to see all the places that you're closing yourself off. If you're always talking about how broke you are or how you don't have enough money, again, your unconscious mind is going to find the fastest, shortest route to you being more broke or having more debt or having more, not enough money. And so it really, the fastest and easiest place to start is to start paying attention to your language. Now, I'm not a believer in lying to yourself and being like, things are flowing abundantly when they're not, right? Because you're going to call BS on yourself. So it's about recognizing what you have. And I think a lot of people, a lot of entrepreneurs that I talk to, there's like this fear of being grateful for the money that they do have coming in because they think that it'll make them complacent. Ed Milet talks about finding a state of blissful dissatisfaction where you're blissful about what you have and you, and you know on the inside that you still have more to achieve, that you still have more potential to tap into. And so when you start to realize that being grateful for what you have now only opens up more opportunities and raises your vibration to the same level as what your next goals are, then you can start to make change. The second thing I would say to do is to write down And this is a really cool exercise that totally changes your vibration. Write down what the goal is, right? Whether it's a monetary goal or like, I want to buy my fifth vacation house, whatever it is, write that down. 
and then ask yourself, what's the purpose of that? So let's say my goal is to make seven figures. What's the purpose of making seven figures? Well, for me, I want to set up a shelter for women in domestic violence situations. Okay, well, what's the purpose of setting up that shelter so that I can help more people? And what's the purpose of helping more people so I can so I can empower them to live their purpose, right? And you would keep asking, what's the purpose? What's the purpose? For me, the very top answer is going to be freedom. Like everything I do is based on finding freedom, both for myself and for others. Then what you're going to do is ask yourself for each of those answers that you gave to the what's the purpose question, what is something else you can do that will give you that feeling or that experience now? So how can I help domestic violence women? Well, I have scholarships to my NLP programs for women who are leaving domestic violence situations to help them start shifting their mindset. So that's one thing for like helping more people. What could I do? I could do podcast interviews like this. I could do my own podcast. I could write a book. I could put out content on social media. I could coach people, right? I think one of the ones in that list is like love to create more love in the world. Well, what could I do to create more love in the world? could go on a date night with my husband. I could hug my dog. I could practice self-love through yoga, meditation, journaling, all those things. And now you have all of these other activities that you can do today, this week, this month. And I recommend people like circle, what can you do daily? What can you do weekly? What can you do monthly? And instead of creating a daily or a weekly routine because Grant Cardone or somebody else tells you to, now you can create daily activities and weekly habits that are aligned and intentional with raising your vibration to be at the same level as what your goal is. And that really starts to balance things out because then you start to see, okay, well, I don't have to wait until I have seven figures to help people reach their purpose. There are things that I can be doing now and that shoots up your vibration to meet your goal. And then it just opens those doors to welcome in more money. No, that's, that's, that's a perfect action items. And if you're listening and there's something inside of your, your heart or your gut, or, you know, something that's like tickling you like, Ooh, I like this. I want to do this. Make the time, create the space in your schedule, do this because if you commit to this, this is going to really help open up a lot for you and move a lot for you. And even beyond that, help you to ground even further and get your root chakra, which is the base of all of them, even more powerful, right? Like if, if you've got that nudge, do those actions, do those actions. I, I definitely encourage you and hold the space for you that you are going to arrive on the other side of your growth, like even better than you are right now. Even more amazing, mm-hmm. even more powerful, even more, you know, in, in, in vibe, in vibe of, of what's going on. All right, Tiffany, I'm really, really curious because you put this on the intake form and I'm dying to know. And I feel like this is also kind of like a, a fast track, right? We're starting at the root chakra and we're ending at the crown. So the third eye is the second to last one. You said mm-hmm. you have a way to supercharge your visualizations to manifest faster. Yes. So once you do the goal, that goal setting one that we just talked about to raise your vibration up, the next thing that you need to do is you can really get your body on board through visualization. So most people don't realize that our thoughts lead to our body releasing hormones, which leads to us experiencing a feeling or emotion. And that leads back to more thoughts. So the reason why most people's future ends up looking like their past is because they spend so much time 
thinking about everything that's happened to them, right? Replaying that breakup, replaying losing their job, replaying that argument. And your body doesn't know the difference between the past and now or the future and now. So when you're replaying like that terrible breakup, your body is getting hit with the exact same hormones and the exact same amount of hormones that it did at the time the breakup happened. And so that lowers your vibration. So if you go and do that goal setting exercise and then you come back and you start thinking about this other stuff, you're going to just drop your vibration down and like basically negate the work that you did in doing that goal setting exercise. So instead, what we want to do is we now want to figure out what does that perfect day look like, right? What would it look like, feel like, sound like, smell like, taste like to get that goal, right? Coming back to the seven figure example I used, what would it look like to open up that domestic women's shelter? What would like every aspect use every sense And then here's how you supercharge your visualizations. So firstly, because our unconscious mind doesn't know the difference between now and the future and fiction and reality, if I'm visualizing, looking through my own eyes, my unconscious mind, which is the part of the mind that drives our behavior, thinks that I've achieved that thing. So what you actually want to do is once you like turn up all of the senses to make them super intense and just right, step out of your body in the visualization so that you see yourself in the picture. So let's say I have a dream car that I want. If I was looking through my own eyes, I would see my hands on the on the steering wheel. I would see the dashboard and the windscreen and whatever was out in front of the windshield. If I'm in third person, I'd be riding shotgun and I would look over and I would see myself, my full body, my head and everything face driving the car. When you do that, what it tells your unconscious mind is two things. Firstly, that it's possible that you're able to achieve this. When we talk about, I'll believe it when I see it, your unconscious mind believes it as soon as you visualize it. This is the power of visualization. Secondly, the unconscious mind knows that it hasn't happened yet, and it will start to find that fastest, shortest route to make it happen. So if you really want to supercharge your visualizations, do it from watching yourself achieve that goal from a third person standpoint and make sure that you're spending more time thinking about what's to come in the future than you are about the past. And then those two root chakra and third eye chakra activities will will come together really nicely. So I think this is a perfect time to really just say, all right, Tiffany, I mean, like people are like, hell yeah, this is awesome. Like I've learned a lot, right? So Mm -hmm. what are the next steps? Like how does someone find you, connect to you? Like what would they do if they really want to go deeper? Because literally we touched the surface. This was like such in and out, but with packed with content. Like what's Mm -hmm. next? How does someone take the next step? Yeah. So I have a Facebook group where I do daily and weekly trainings as well. You can check that out at successsecretsgroup.com. The other place to go would be my website, bluelotusminds.com. I have a ton of more like free worksheets for you as well as paid stuff there. And that will link you to all of my social media as well. So those are probably the two best places to get more free stuff from me. Ooh, I just got chills, which is confirmation that y'all need to jump on this now. <laughs> you need to go take advantage if, if she's, you know, resonating with you. And this is like calling everything inside of you because there's no better time than now to really level up your life, level up who you are, your mindset and everything else. So Tiffany, thanks for spending the time. This has been super powerful. And I think just the perfect root chakra chat to help round out everything. Thanks so much for having me. It's been awesome. Of course. All right. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Life Adventurous podcast. 
If you love this episode, remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. For course information, freebies, and to stay connected, join our Ohana, that means family, at www.2jhala.com forward slash Ohana. Remember to stay positive, enjoy the journey, and most of all, keep those eyes open for all of the adventures surrounding you.